Recently, I, I came across some instructions by the legendary Chinese uh, Tai Chi master, Cheng Meng Ching. I don't know if some of you know him. Um, so, Chinese, uh, a Tai Chi, a, a Chinese form of uh, uh, art form uh, practice both for health and for self-defense. Uh, some of you have seen, known sometimes people love to practice it just because it looks so beautiful, almost like a, like a dance, uh, meditation in, in action. Um, so this uh, 20th century, kind of fairly recently, uh, Chinese master of the art in uh, some uh, preliminary instructions to his students, he said a few words that intrigued me. Uh, first, also he was saying that to be s successful at this art, to take it somewhere, one of the preconditions that you need is uh, three forms of fearlessness. I uh, need to be fearless in three different ways. And one of those three forms of fearlessness, he said, was to uh, not fear losing. Don't be afraid of losing. <laughs> so in his context, he went on to explain that, well, if you start practicing Tai Chi uh, as, a, as martial arts, a self-defense, like push hands, so a particular form that they do in Tai Chi, uh, then uh, if you're a beginner, then you're at, at the beginning, you're going to be losing all the time. Obviously, well, fairly obviously. So if you're afraid of losing, you might as well just not get started. So that's one very obvious way of looking at that. And then we also probably are all familiar with the concept of, of learning from our mistakes. Almost any art that we learn or important, you know, anything that we learn uh, that takes some effort, uh, we know that that is a very good principle, isn't it? We do. We can't can't expect to get it all right at the beginning. So we cannot, like in this case, be win straight away. We can't be a winner all the time, particularly not at the beginning. We are going to get things wrong. But if we are willing to learn from our mistakes, then we don't have to be afraid of it. That is, that's precisely kind of a place where we can learn. So as some, as one could say, to get it a little bit less wrong, perhaps all the time. So if we are uh, not afraid of losing, and in fact, in fact, I think he even went on to say to invest in losing, no? invest in losing rather than in winning, invest in losing, because then uh, you're not afraid of throwing yourself into it and learn from um, whatever your experience is. But this concept of investing in losing becomes even more interesting 
uh, I find in the context um, of things he then said uh, further on, referring to Tai Chi as a self-defense, defining the spirit or the essence of this particular form of self-defense by saying, do not only not resist your opponent, but also do not for a single moment entertain the sort of a counterattack. So, again, I've, it did strike me immediately as a very interesting and lovely principle. That's um, particularly attractive uh, in, in, in this form of kind of of Chinese kind of form of self-defense, which is a characteristic for that, which is which I find with a lot of benefit, we can transfer directly to spiritual practice and uh, meditation. Now, we don't need to necessarily you know, transpose the whole image or concept of it. As of course, well, hopefully for most of us, we do not, well, some people do, one can certainly use that metaphor, but refer to meditation or spiritual practice as a, as a fight with an opponent. But sometimes it can feel like that, no? or we can get into that, um, into that kind of mind state, fighting with our hindrances or defilements or difficulties that seem to oppose our progress. But looking at it in, more, uh, in, in principle and perhaps in, in more subtly, what is it being, be it in, 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 in a practice like Tai Chi as well as in, in meditation, spiritual practice, or anywhere in life, which is trying to resist, in that case, the, oppo the, the opponent, you know? um, trying to resist or uh, in face of a perceived attack is entertaining the idea of a counterattack. How do I get back at this? You know? The whole sense of resistance to our experience or trying to manipulate or to win, to come back to the first um, instruction by Cheng Man Ching, um, the interest in winning, doing this in order to win, being a winner, well, strikes me as, as, as one aspect of what we might call uh, the ego, or what we sometimes call the ego, or the ego where it becomes a, a problem in our life. One way of defining the ego, or certainly one important aspect, is perhaps we can say it's resistance. Well, resistance to experience as it is. Now, that is our uh, personal investment in, in not wanting our experience to be the way it is right now, trying to have it differently, trying to have it our way, my way, and then in some way or another trying to manipulate um, situation, other people, or my own mind, even as a spiritual practitioner, as a meditator, um, in order to get what I want. And we can do that, of course, on all levels of our experience, from very coarse, you know, manipulating your colleagues at work in order to get things kind of your way, to right down to um, meditation practice in the Dhamma Hall, trying to finally manipulate your mind into some kind of spiritual experience. And that is very important to see, because it says 
this principle is what, what the Buddha was talking about in his Four Noble Truths, you know, the stru very structure of his, of his uh, analysis, of his teaching, is what creates the suffering that, according to Buddha, the Buddha, we can do something about it. Not manipulating you know, our experience in itself, which is just experience as it is, but how do we relate our experience? You know, what do we create onto the experience of pain and pleasure and more or less neutral uh, uh, which is kind of the raw material, as it were, of our, the actuality of our experience of life. How do, do we, through our uh, perceived personalities, our conditioning, mental conditioning, the strategies that we apply, the patterns that we have, in which we interact with all that, that comes at us, so to speak, um, that complicates our experience, you know, the way we're getting entangled with life, as it were, and trip over our own um, strategies and tactics of manipulation. That's the suffering that the Buddha was interested in. And it's bound up, of course, with, or sometimes before shorthand we call ego, certainly an important aspect of it. You know, the, the, try, the resistance, trying to manipulate, trying to control, trying to get my way, trying to get things my way. So that's one, one another very important aspect why it might be interesting, interesting to invest in losing. Because that which wants to win, that's the me, isn't it? That's is, you know the the, the, the the my personality wanting to win in life is also the one that wants to become a winner in on the spiritual path. I remember that that becoming aware of that trap, that pitfall in the in the Buddhist uh, or the way I perceived certainly the Buddhist presentation of the spiritual life. When I first came, you know, I was a spiritual seeker, but I didn't have a religious upbringing. I could choose, you know, checking out different traditions, what would be my tradition, playing a little bit around with Christianity. I wasn't brought up as a Christian, but you know, I was interested in some of the New Testaments and the idea of humility and all that, very interesting. And then I came across, across Buddhism, and in Buddhism the idea of becoming enlightened, you know, <laughs> suddenly uh, sounded much more interesting than carrying one's cross and imitating Christ, and you know, there seemed, didn't seem to be much to gain from that, but then humbly kind of suffering from the experience of life. You, you can become, you know, the most exalted possible and venerable type of human being, an enlightened one. Wow, great. So immediately you see, oh, the ego got on board, isn't it? And so I'm going to be trying to get to the top of the spiritual ladder. So it is important in our practice, general in our practice, but also in our meditation practice, to examine the perceived meditator, us, you know, know thyself, you know, not, not, not only in, in, in Buddhism, you know, already also in the Western, you know, European, Greek tradition, and what, that was what's written, isn't it, on the, on the, the, the oracle of, of Delphi, you say in English, I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's a, it's a cross-cultural um, idea about know thyself, what, what, what does that mean, to really examine what I take myself to be. And so in, if in meditation, the meditator, the me who's doing it, and, and my motivations isn't examined, then the natural thing is, of course, that the same attitudes that I apply in daily life, in the way that I create suffering myself for myself and others, um, which is hopefully an awareness of that is going to bring me into spiritual practice and trying to examine, well, those same attitudes are going to also be important into my spiritual practice, my meditation practice. No? If, say, I'm, I'm notoriously 
say, a perfectionist and, and I'm hard on myself trying to always, for whatever reason, getting everything perfect and then putting myself down for obviously not, never being good enough. The same pattern is going to arise in the meditation. I'm trying to be the perfect meditator. I'm going to start to put myself down as a meditator for not being good enough. You know? If I'm always comparing myself with others or trying, or, or trying to look good and worried about you know, how other people see me, I'm going to a meditation retreat. I will find that the same thing. I, I start to be interested in how, how I look. You know, am I look good? Am I look as, do I look as good as the other meditators? You know? how am I, am I, I'm trying to impress the teacher, maybe. Same patterns will always come and play themselves out. So we're going to have to come, become resourceful and, and smart enough, it's like subtle enough to see that meditation is not just about learning a technique or system and then trying to really get this right and taking the mind through its hoops, uh, steps and stages until we get to the particular kind of results that are um, presented to us in a book. Well, the spiritual carrots that we're going to get somewhere down the line. Because the interesting thing is that, you know, if you all pick up the same kind of technique, apparently from this same book, from the same shelf, following the same system, we're all going to do it wrong in our own, very own particular ways, which is going to reflect our personalities. And one of the very interesting and important, perhaps most important aspects of this path of a meditator, a spiritual practitioner, practitioner, is to become increasingly aware exactly of those patterns as we're trying to do the simple practices following steps of a meditation technique or trying to apply the eight factors of the, the eightfold path in our life about how we particularly kind of in our particular personal style keep getting it wrong and tripping ourselves up, uh, up with it. You know, that's, that's the part of where we have to kind of start to when we see that and become more aware of that we become through those practices aware of our particular patterns how um, we contribute to the rising of sufferings in our life, and then we can eventually let go of them, become aware of them, see how they work, and if we you know, understand the mechanics of them and the painfulness of them and the, 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 um, uh, the unnecessariness, is that an English word? Well, you know what I mean, of, of them, then we, we might actually find the motivation and the skill to actually stop doing those things. And that's the basic, those are the basic categories that the Buddha offered to us at any stage of practice, wherever we think we are in our practice, for contemplation. Look at your experience, look at what you're doing, examine it from the knowledge that you have gained uh, in terms of what is wholesome, what is unwholesome. What is wholesome, what leads to well-being, increased well-being, um, and uh, of course morally impeccable type of uh, well-being, and what is unwholesome, that is what leads to more suffering. And then, to the best of your abilities, try to cultivate and develop that which leads to more well-being and try to abandon that which you understand leads to more suffering. And so, the same as, as in, the, in, the, in the Tai Chi, as, the same as in meditation, be it formal meditation or applied mindfulness in daily life. What is it that allows us to do this? You know, Cheng Men Ching, in his uh, instructions, in fact, he said, uh, so he said, do not only not resist your opponent, but 
not even for a moment entertain the thought of a counterattack, instead just uh, stick to the opponent and move with them. That's all you need to do. So that's that's the, the spirit, the essence of it. Just stick to the opponent and move with them. So what is it? What is it that allows us to do that? Well, it's awareness, isn't it? Both in, in Tai Chi, as well as in in, in meditation. Now it's that's the natural quality of of awareness. It doesn't resist. It's just with your experience. While we are busy with whatever we experience, is thinking about, oh, how do I get out of this? Um, or wishful thinking, you know, if only, you know, my mother was here, then it would all be better, or, or whatever. If I only would be better, if I only knew how to meditate, then I wouldn't need to experience it. So all, all the kind of extra awareness. If you can just, well, awareness naturally, that's that's its quality, isn't it? It's aware. It's, it's just naturally, it always sticks with our experience. When if we are with awareness, we are we are just with the actuality of our awareness. So whenever we can actually step back, as it were, and move out of the being identified with our mental activities, the, the complications that we create through the, the, our reactions, our mental reactions, our additions to our experience, we can step back into the sense of just being aware with it, no, just moving back with it. And it's always a movement, if you like, of, um, of relaxation, of internal relaxation, no, to the extent that the, the me in it that my way, or trying to get towards my way, is a resistance, is a tension in the mind. In that sense, you might say, yeah, the, the my way, the, the personality way, it's a, it's a tension. Then being able to step out of it is a relaxation. You know, and hopefully we, we can see that sometimes, you know, be it on the meditation cushion, or maybe sometimes if you're in, in the middle of something, conversation, you feel this, the internal reaction, the feeling, having to do something about it, having to fix this somehow, this is kind of creates this internal tension. If I can just become aware of it, and then become aware of the awareness of it, and can relax into then how something can actually internally, maybe it's just a little bit, you know, but relax. Ah, you know, it can relax some of my resistances, some of my worry about it, some of the having to get into the r r right relationship with what is, what is happening right now. Then we can just move with it. We just move with the situation. And what this needs, and again, so here's the, it's, it's the image of the Tai Chi. You can look at practice then like the Tai Chi of the mind. You know? And that's, that's exactly also what this, this master is talking about. Is, is actually, also in Tai Chi, is this awareness. So you're aware exactly of the energy of, say, in this case, your opponent. You could also say, it, in that case, it becomes like a partner in a dance almost. You, know? you see where they're coming from. You are aware of your own center, of their center, of where the energy is coming from, and how then you can actually move with it without this actually pushing you out of your center, and that's all that's needed. And if you see that then, you can actually, on YouTube, <laughs> uh, among other places, you can actually see for this Cheng Man Ching doing some of this, well, his Tai Chi form, and also some of this applied Tai Chi, kind of pushing hands with some of his disciples. And he's a very small man, you know, you can see it if he's with other people, he's quite small, and some of those uh, videos you can see is maybe, I don't know, he's maybe in his late 50s or 60s, so he's not young. And he just lo looks just so incredibly relaxed when he is kind of moving and he's got this kind of serene smile on his face. But at the same time, you just kind of feel the power in that. And then you see this young, much younger people, Americans, twice his size, kind of coming at him and quite fast. And they just bounce off him in all kinds of directions. They just can't 
get at him. It's just, it's just it's a very small movement, and they just whoop, you know, just pass through and you know, end up on the other side of the room. He doesn't look fierce or martial, anything at all. You see, he's kind of he, you can see he's enjoying himself. He has a big smile on his face and very soft eyes, and he moves very gently. And of course, these are also these are his disciples, you know, so he's, he's taking care not, not to hurt them. But it's amazing how he just kind of moves them with very kind of small movements at all. He just adjusts, he just moves with them. And then it's their own energy you know, that they, of course, try to direct at him, but they can't find him. It's like there's nobody there, nobody in the center. They just go straight past. You know. And again, how beautiful, I mean, if, if we can get it right, even sometimes maybe we have had some experience when we are in, sometimes a second in the flow or something, really kind of aware and with something. You see how something like that is happening. You know, you, the less of this me is there in the experience, less of me trying to do it, in trying to do the meditation, trying to get the meditation right, if you can relax that, you know, the internal kind of emotional, psychological space relaxes. It's just space. Mm -hmm. It's like there's it's complete centeredness, precisely because there's nobody there at the center. You know, it's just empty. So then, then there, it's a natural, then everything is in relationship. We don't have to be, not to worry about how to, how to get, how I get into the right, right relationship with the world out there or the others. The less force, the less is in there, the less willfulness, the less trying, the more of a spontaneous res response. It was in the limits of, our personal conditioning, you know, physically or mentally, to the situation, is just going to arise. You know, it's just going to take care. I mean, we, we, it's like we step out of the way, then life can take care of itself. You know? And of course, it might not always be the way that we, we like it, or it might not always be the way that we could imagine that we might respond if we would be more enlightened than we actually are. <laughs> but it's just, we just realize it's just adequate in terms of where we are at the moment. We just allow it to the situation to move on and find its own solution if we can step out of the way. That is actually, to, uh, to, to quote for last time, Cheng Man Ching, when he was talking about when he was a disciple, before he became the great master, he also started as a beginner, getting it wrong all the time. And he said, they were practicing, 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 of course, as I do, and particularly the Chinese, you know, they can be kind of very intense, and otherwise they also become very good at it, you know, really putting themselves into it, just practicing, practicing, practicing. But his master, while he was doing the form and keeping doing and keeping doing, and the master kind of observing him, the only instruction that he was giving him hundreds and thousands of times was saying, relax, relax more, you need to relax more, more relaxation, more relaxation. That was the only instruction he got, relax, relax, relax. And he said he just couldn't understand couldn't get it, you know, how to relax more. Well, until finally he got it, you know, and it suddenly kind of happened. See that in the context, of course, relax, 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 but while, of course, he is doing the practice, you know, right effort. He keeps doing it, keeps doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, but don't be willful, don't be forceful, don't be tense about it. Rather, bring more and more awareness to it, to where there is still willfulness in the place, where you are kind of complicating things by trying too hard, by pushing it, by forcing it, by manipulating it. And whenever you see those tensions, relax. Keep going, keep trying, keep doing it, but always more aware and more relaxed. You know? It's in our spiritual practice and daily life, of course. We keep trying it, eightfold paths, eight factors, keep remembering, but relax within the effort. And right down to the formal meditation, sitting, 
No? When relaxed awareness in action uh, comes down to kind of maybe very refined sense, the, the, the action is just sitting here, but it's still an action, it's still a doing. No? Because there's a, there's, a, there's a tone in the sitting, and the body is alive, it's always moving, it's always adjusting itself, finding the right balance you know, between uprightness and, and groundedness. If you, of course, just relax, 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 it's not re like relaxing like in the couch and then you fall asleep. You know? It's the, the right balance, the combination between relax and being completely aware of what is happening you know? and see that as an like action in non-action, isn't it? Just sitting, just sitting. You know? And then the same principle, of course, it's, it's hopefully kind of carries over also in, in the way we do other things. You know? just keep doing what we're doing, always bring more mindfulness, more awareness to it, but not in this, you notice this way how we're trying to be mindful, isn't it? And see how then when the tension comes in, you know. Always a practice of us more awareness, just notice. And then just trust it, trust the principle of awareness. See what you see the tension that is there in the moment and see what happens when you bring awareness to it, if it can relax just a little bit. So, that's Chen, Cheng Man Ching and uh, um, investing joyfully in being a loser <laughs> and to learn from it, that's the Tai Chi of the mind. So that's my, my advice to you tonight.